losing to the Jets. The Giants have hit a wall after their Super Bowl defeat. We look back at gangrene taking the battle for the swamps and sending the Giants to an atrocious 2-8. and eight. It's a Blue Rush meets Gangs All here in New York Post football podcast crossover as we welcome Brian Costello and Paul Schwartz next. Hey, 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 welcome to a special edition of our New York Post football podcasts. It's Blue Rush meets Gangs All Here, following the Jets' 34-27 win over the Giants. I'm your Blue Rush podcast host, Jimmy Fela. You can subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We take you inside the locker room with our New York Post Giants writers. Today with our man, Paul Schwartz. Let me hand it off now to our Gangs All Here podcast host and the Jets beat writer, now TV star, Brian Costello. Well, Jimmy, the Jets get bragging rights in a shootout win over their roommates at MetLife. But does beating the lowly Giants mean much for gangrene? We break down the entertaining showdown in a crossover New York Post sports podcast special. Kaz, Fela, Schwartz, Gangs All Here, Blue Rush, now. You play to win the game. This is Gangs All Here meets Blue Rush, a joint podcast special that only us at the New York Post can create. I'm Brian Costello. I'll take you inside the locker room on Mondays and Thursdays and bring on special Jets guests. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Let's get this Gangs All Here versus Blue Rush episode going, Jimmy. Well, well, well. Uh, we should absolutely start by congratulating the New York Jets on winning the battle for New York. Uh, I wouldn't get too exciting. That is like beating the Kardashians in a spelling bee. Uh, Not exactly something to run home and brag about. Uh, But I don't even know where to start as a Giants fan. Uh, I guess the good news is there were no black cats. Apparently there was no stick'em either. As Daniel Daniel Jones fumbled the ball three times. Uh, Thankfully he only lost one of them. But he lost it in quite a memorable way. So much so, in fact, that after Jamal Adams was done sacking him, or strip sacking him anyway, he posted a SpongeBob meme on Twitter which I heard about from my 10-year-old son. It's never a good day for your quarterback when Jimmy Fallon's getting woken up by his 10-year-old son at 11 o'clock at night to talk about SpongeBob. Uh, But I think the bigger turnover everyone is talking about this morning is Giants defensive coordinator James Betcher, who could be joining Pat Shermer on the hot seat. Now, last we checked on Shermer, his hot seat had actually melted, and he was at Ikea buying a new one. The Giants are making him build it right now. But is James Betcher the next man to go, or in this case, the first man to go, We bring on the guy who would know. He is the New York Giants beat writer and now a TV star. He was on with Bruce Beck last night. I smell Oscar. Uh, Please welcome the great Paul Schwartz to the show. What's up, Paul Schwartz? Jimmy, yeah, it's a uh, what's up is not the Giants, certainly. Six straight loss. And I think what we saw in that game, you know, the the battle for the, uh, you know, a clash for trash, whatever you want to call it, Jets-Giants, was that of all the units and, and of all the badness in New York football, the baddest of the bad, the worst of the worst, is the New York Giants defense. They gave up 27 points to a team that had scored eight touchdowns all season. So, uh, you know, Jets have nothing to write home about. The Giants have nothing to write home about. But the Giants defense is the worst unit in the city. And that's why James Betcher is certainly his name's being circulated as a guy who might be able to go, look, this is the bye week. And the bye week traditionally is a time where teams can sit back, reassess, 
thankfully not lose a game that weekend and make some changes. And so do I think James Betcher is going to be fired this week? I don't. Firing a defensive quarter with a uh, defensive coordinator with six games to go in the season doesn't make any sense. But seeing John Mara walk out of the building on Sunday, he didn't look happy, obviously. Um, I think John Mara needs to throw a bone to the fans and Betcher could be that bone. Wow. Could you imagine? Uh, I could. Um, at this point, it's not like we're salvaging a season by doing this, but the bigger takeaway I had, and this is based largely on your writing yesterday in the post, is about Saquon Barkley. And and obviously, he had a terrible day yesterday, 13 carries for one yard. Sh- should they even be playing him at this point? It's a lost season. He's the face of the franchise. He's clearly not whole. Why is he on the field, and, and will they think about resting him down the stretch now? Well, they might. I mean, I talked to Tiki Barber, the Giants' all-time leading rusher the other day, and he said when he looks, and he's an expert, obviously, in running backs, and he said when he looks at Saquon Barkley, he sees a guy who is he's hesitating. He looks like he's trying to protect an injury. Look, the Giants made a big deal, right, Jimmy? We, Saquon's not like any other player. He's going to come back real fast from this high ankle sprain. Well, you don't get medals for coming back a week or two early. All you get is, you know, getting thrown back behind the line of scrimmage. Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley running the ball 13 times and gaining one yard is not acceptable. It's inexplicable, and he is not healthy. There's no question about it. I think he should be playing, but I think they need to mix him in a little. Wayne Gallman, fans don't want to see that, but you got to do it. I mean, the guy's not healthy. It was like banging a head against a wall against the Jets, and they do have to think down the stretch of these games. Maybe we got to just save our franchise running back and just – you know, decrease some of the pounding on him. Yeah, something to think about. But you know what? Uh, today obviously is not a day uh, for Saquon Barkley. It is a day to celebrate the victors uh, on our crosstown rival podcast, Gangs All Here. Joining us now for this roundtable discussion, hopefully the Gatorade has dried on his clothes uh, after the postgame celebration, Brian Costello. Good morning, Cos. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, quite I, a big win for the Jets, <laughs> but uh, they'll take any win at this point. Yeah, you're not quite going to Disney World, but you're going to Adventureland no. in Farmingdale. You're going to Adventureland. <laughs> they'll take Disney. it. You know, I mean, th- this would have been a disaster for the Jets to lose this game a week after losing to the Dolphins and with all the talk about him, Gaze. So, uh, you know, I think they'll take a win and, and some of the pressure will be relieved this week. That was felt in Florham Park last week. Yeah, it's a real grueling stretch of schedule right now. You got the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins. Uh, you guys bear down the hatches. Can I ask you this, though, as a Jet guy? <laughs> Sam Darno talking about playoffs. Can we discuss where's where where is the Jim Mora clip when you need it? Playoffs. He says we're going to win out and go to the playoffs. Was that did he have a straight face for that? He did, and I mean, Sam got a little carried away. But as a player, you got to think you're going to win every game. So if they win every game, they'll be nine and seven. And I guess he's he's hoping for a wild card. But yeah, I think they just need to worry about stringing some wins together before they they start talking about the playoffs. Sam got a little carried away. He's 22 years old. He'll uh, he'll learn. <laughs> well, I have to say this, uh, and and Paul, we certainly want your take on this now. Obviously, the big storyline going into the game uh, is that both seasons appeared to be lost, but we were excited to see these two quarterbacks face off for what will be uh, won't happen again for another four years, barring some type of Subway Super Bowl. Um, what did you think, Kaz? I guess I'll start with you. Um, who who got the passing grade here? Uh, who, who, who got the better of who? Obviously, the final score favored the Jets, but what did you see out of Daniel Jones? I was impressed with Daniel Jones, just like I was in the preseason game. Remember, these two guys, two teams played in the preseason opener, and that was really our first 
time seeing Daniel Jones in a game and he, he drove down the field against the Jets that day and you know four touchdown passes was good but to me Darnold got the edge because he didn't make the big turnover and that's kind of been the story with both these quarterbacks is the turnovers and Sam didn't commit one Sunday and that was huge Daniel Jones the fumble uh, where Jamal Adams picked his pocket and ran for the touchdown was really, you know, one of the biggest plays in the game. And so to me, I'd give Sam a little bit of the edge, even though Daniel Jones had better statistics. Okay, that's fair. And Paul Schwartz, um, you've been watching both of these guys all year long. Uh, Sam Darnold definitely uh, protected the ball a little bit better. But was was yesterday progress for Daniel Jones, Paul Schwartz? Oh, there's no question. I mean, uh, think of it this way, Jimmy. This was the second game as a rookie for Daniel Jones that he threw Four touchdown passes with no interceptions, okay? He's had them twice. You know how many times Eli Manning has done that in 16 years? Three times. Uh, Four or more touchdown passes with no interceptions. So, look, the passer rating for Daniel Jones is 121. The passer rating for Sam Darnold is 97. It edge Jones? Well, no. The quarterback is paid to win the games, and Darnold won the game and he didn't turn the ball over. Daniel Jones fumbled the ball three times. Uh, you know, the one he lost was really not a fumble. It was it was a, a burglary, right? It was a theft. It was he, the ball didn't t- – I mean, how many times do you see a fumble where the ball never touches the ground? And that is something that – look, that was a great play by Jamal Adams, a great play. He takes that away from a lot of quarterbacks. But Daniel Jones is losing the ball, and uh, but he is winning the hearts and minds of Giants fans, there's no question. He is the – virtually the only shining light of this very dark giant season. Yeah, there it is. It's uh, He is a chicken soup for the giant soul. I mean, it's not warm soup. It's a little cold. But uh, Brian Costello, we're talking about Jamal Adams out of, uh, over here, who had a prolific day on the field and also on Twitter. I believe he had two sacks. Uh, he had the touchdown, nine tackles, and about 35 memes. Uh, is he just feeling it like Sam Darnold right now? What's going on in, in Jamal Adams' world? Because he was mad that they were going to trade him. They didn't trade him. Here we are. Jamal Adams is a guy who's fueled by emotion. He, you know, you see it on the field, the way he plays, he plays with his hair on fire every week. And then sometimes that emotion gets the best of him. Like it did two weeks ago at the trading deadline, when he found out that the jets were talking to the Cowboys about trading him. And he, you know, he didn't handle it well on social media that night or the next day talking to the media. But, you know, Sunday you saw the best of Jamal Adams when he's playing like that. And he told his jets teammates, you know, match my intensity. This is how we win the game. Play out, play like me, basically. And that can rub players the wrong way when a guy talks like that. But some of the Jets players after the game were saying, he can say whatever he wants if he plays like that. <laughs> so, you know, he, he made he made some huge plays, not not just the, the pickpocket of Daniel Jones either, the fourth and one where, you know, where they tried to sneak it and the safety is making the tackle. That's pretty crazy that Jamal Adams was the one in there pulling Daniel Jones back. So, you know, he had, he had a huge game and he made his case for why the Jets should not trade him but build around him going forward. Yep. He, uh, he shades of Ronnie Lott, although I can tell you he still has a full finger because he was using it on Twitter pretty aggressively last night. Did anybody, Paul Schwartz, did you see the SpongeBob meme? It's just pretty funny. It's just Squidward like stealing a sandwich from SpongeBob. Did that upset your sensibilities, Paul Schwartz? Well, I am a huge SpongeBob fan. Boom. Um, I am. I mean, uh, I grew up with my not. I didn't grow up with SpongeBob, believe me. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, my kids certainly did. So I, I uh, that's one of those Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon type things. Good for kids and adults of all ages. Yeah, the Giants. I guess you could say live in a pineapple under the sea, right? Well, hey, and I hope not in New York City. That'd be like eighty five hundred a month. 
a pineapple under the sea. Be one of those chic loft apartments, but that is really funny. Yeah, we're under the sea, but we're coming back. Um, the positives I saw yesterday. Uh, obviously, the touchdowns to Darius Slayton were great. Um, the Golden Tate screen. There are things to build on, but back to my James Betcher um, query, I, and, and maybe you can both weigh in on this. I know we're not firing a coach this time of year, but we need things. Uh, obviously, Williams didn't have a, you know, didn't exactly shove it up his old team's uh, you-know-what yesterday playing for the Giants at following that acquisition. What do we need to do down the stretch? Like, you're the Giants, okay? Fire the coach, don't fire the coach. We both agree there's not going to be a big return right away, but what can be done to make use of these last seven games. I'll start with you, Paul Schwartz. Well, right now it is an evaluation for 2020. That's all it is. Look, the Giants have been doing a lot of evaluating for future seasons. That's all they do the second half of these seasons, and it's very depressing for the fans, but that's what they have to do. So you look at the defense. Corey Ballantyne is now the starting nickelback rookie. Sam Beal made his NFL debut yesterday, played 10 snaps on defense at cornerback. Uh, you know, missed all of his rookie year season last year on injured reserve. He's going to play a lot. So you're going to find out about Beal. You're going to find out about Corey Ballantyne. And if you find out what you like, you can let Janoris Jenkins go in the offseason. So this is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to look at all these young players. And they've had a lot of young players on the field. And it could get uglier before it gets better. And that's just the way it is because – you know, the Giants last year had a big last month of the year and they scored a lot of points and they put a lot of stock into that saying we can build on that in 2019. And it was all a bunch of bull. None of it meant anything. So they need to be very careful when they look at these last six games that they're not being blinded with blue colored glasses and and just saying, OK, now we got it figured out. Because, look, these games are NFL games, but when your team is two and eight and out of it, there's a little bit of sting that's off these games. Yeah, you ain't kidding. I guess, I guess, cause I guess the you know the silver lining for us is we're not hosting the Knicks podcast, where they're uh, <laughs> they've got about six more months of this nonsense to get their way through. I think the best job to have in the country right now is owning a bar outside of MSG because there's nothing to do but drink down there. But for your team, the Jets. Uh, I don't think either one of us believes they're going to the playoffs. Sam was obviously fired up yesterday. But what is what is the Jet outlook for these last seven weeks of the season? What are they doing? What are they building on? It's similar to what Paul said. You know, this this roster is going to undergo a major overhaul this offseason with Joe Douglas in his first year as GM. Uh, you know, and I think Adam Gates will be here too. I think the two of them are going to have to go through this roster and figure out who they like and who they want to move on from. And so this is an evaluation period. For them, I, I do think it's still an evaluation period for Adam Gase. It's not like winning yesterday took him off the hot seat. It just cooled it a little bit. So, you know, I think Christopher Johnson is going to be evaluating Adam Gase down the stretch. I think Adam Gase and Joe Douglas are going to be looking at the young players and seeing what they have. You know, Bless Austin was a guy who was kind of interesting yesterday for the Jets. He came in and replaced Nate Hairston, who was getting torched at cornerback in the first quarter and, and early in the second or actually, I guess it was all second quarter. He, he was getting killed. So they bring in Bless Austin, and I thought he did a good job. That's a kid he hadn't played since September 1st of 2018 when he tore his ACL at Rutgers, uh, made his debut yesterday and played well. So that's the type of guy they got to figure out what they have there and, and just decide who's going to be with them in 2020. Uh, Jets fans don't want to hear it, but this is going to take a while. They, they, they have a rebuild on their hands, and you know they, they just want to say, I'll fire the coach. That'll fix everything. That's not going to fix things. This is going to be a process. 
Uh, and I think, you know, right now they're, they're in the evaluation process uh, deciding who, who's going to be with this team going forward. Well, yep, I'm with you there. Um, you know, the, the thing about firing coaches is, you know, these model franchises uh, have favored continuity and they have a lot to show for it. I mean, obviously, if you have a coach who can stick around like a Bill Belichick, I mean, that's a reason for that continuity. But Paul Schwartz, this is something, unfortunately, we pretty much have done every week since we've launched this show. Where is Pat Shermer's job security at right now? Well, we've said, uh, right, week to week, Jimmy, um, as far as right now, uh, you know, the odds of him getting fired during this bye week are infinitesimally small. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're just going to put some, some assistant coach into the, uh, you know, you, uh, Thomas McGahey, the special teams coach, you're going to make him the head coach and he's going to have six games to do nothing with it with a bad team. So it, it makes no sense, but yeah, this is, this is, this is something that the ownership is unquestionably going to look at. I mean, if this team goes two and 14 or three and 13 after a five and 11 debut year for Pat Shermer, you know, Pat Shermer had two very bad losing seasons in Cleveland, joining the club of a lot of coaches who've had bad losing seasons in Cleveland. And his one loss record in four years in the NFL is going to look really awful. And so they're going to have to look at that. They did not go into this year thinking, we uh, Pat Shermer's a guy that might be on the hot seat and Dave Gettleman, the GM is a guy who's on the hot seat. But after this, I mean, this has imploded so badly. And look, we've said it before. John Mara, the co-owner has said, I don't have a specific one loss record in my head, but I need to know when I leave the building after the last game of the season, that the team is in good hands is in pointing up and is headed in the right direction. At this point, there is no way in hell anyone can say the team is heading in the right direction other than Daniel Jones. So, if you want to have 52 players, no, and one player, yes. If that's the right direction, so be it. <laughs> I love talking to you, man, because, you know, I'm such a homer optimist, and I love that you're constantly smacking it down. <laughs> I mean, it's needed. I need that. You know, they say every friend needs a, a, a every friend needs another friend who can tell them their butt looks big in those pants. You are definitely that friend. You're telling me my friend. Jimmy, they lose every week. You know, know. they lose every week. They win one game a month. I mean, it's hard to sugarcoat this stuff, right? I know. It's it's no, it's a, it's a tough position to be in. Um, <laughs> Brian Costello. Meanwhile, over in Happyville, um, what was the reaction in the Jet locker room yesterday beyond memes and Sam Darnold making a ridiculous prediction? Is the mood trending upward uh, on the whole, or is this just a one-shot deal? Well, it was trending upward yesterday. You know, obviously, this is a team that desperately needed a, a win. You know, I was talking to Calvin Beecham, the tackle, who just said, you know, things have been pretty gloomy in Florent Park this year, and, and this was a welcome respite from that. So I think they were enjoying it. And, you know, now they get the Redskins, who is another team that they can beat. I'm not going to say the Jets should beat anyone, but they can beat the Redskins. Uh, this is not an impossible task. So if they can string two wins together, that'd be the first time they've done that in 13 months. Uh, you know, and then they get the Raiders and then the Bengals and Dolphins. So they have a stretch of schedule here where they can win some games and it's, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs like we talked about, but they could at least salvage something from this season, which, you know, a few days ago, it felt like, oh my God, they're going to go one in 15. They're the worst team ever. Uh, and, I, and I think the Jets were worried about what the stadium would be like Sunday. You know, it could have gotten very ugly there with with Gase and, and everything. And, and it didn't really happen because it was a close game and then the Jets win. So I think everyone on the Jets was feeling good yesterday. And, and now they got to keep it going. Yep. Well, if they do get through this stretch of Dolphins and Bengals and Bears, oh, my. Uh, can, can you save Adam Gase's job by beating these four bad teams? 
Yes, I think you can. You know, I don't think ownership wants to fire Adam Gase after one year. Uh, you, look, they gave him a lot of power in the spring when they fired Mike McCagnan. They hired Joe Douglas, who, who's Adam's guy, that, that he was involved in the hiring. They also don't want to pay three coaches next year. Todd Bowles is still getting paid in 2020 by the Jets. So if you're Christopher Johnson cutting checks, do you want to pay Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, and a coach to be named later? I don't think so. So to me, I, I think they're leaning towards we don't want to fire this guy. Adam, you know, give us a reason to keep you, and he can do that by winning some of these games. All right. That's that's optimistic, and I, I'm certainly rooting for him too because I don't want to go through another, you know, when they fire the coach, this is the one reality, and I think, Paul, you can address this too. It's that every time you fire the coach, you're giving the team a blank slate, which is essentially asking the fan base to, to, to tack another year onto their weight. And we've been waiting a while now. We've lost a lot of games. So is there a case to be made for keeping Shermer if the Giants continue at this trajectory, Paul Schwartz? Well, I mean, if they go, like I said, if they go 2-14, and 14, the case is pretty flimsy to keep him. But, yeah, I mean, every time you st- start with a new coach, you know, now you go to, do you go with an experienced coach? Do you do what's in vogue now in the league and go to a college guru and say, okay, here's your quarterback and Daniel Jones and, you know, bring us into the uh, this century with our offense and with, you know, RPOs and all these other things and spread offenses and what the colleges are doing. Um, you know, the key is, I think, Jimmy, if this season continues to go down the tubes is what ownership has to look at and say, who is out there that we really want? If the if there's someone out there who they say, you know what, I would love this guy to be our head coach, whether he's an assistant, whether he is a college guy, then I think you can make the move. If you look at it and say, you know, we could move on from Pat Shermer, but there's other guys out there. They all have a chance to be okay. We don't know much about them. Then you can't do it because then you, it's just a crapshoot. But if there's someone out there they're eyeing, and you know George Young, the old general manager, was a great guy, and he used to say, "You always have a rolodex." Back then, there were things called rolodexes, right? You always have a list of coaches, and it doesn't matter if you just hired one. You always have a list of who you want as your next coach. Shame on John Mara if he doesn't have a list right now, and he's not looking at that. And if there's someone who is shining off that list, wow, I'd love to have see what this guy could do with this team, then I think you make the move. All right. Well, I mean, we know this. Uh, the Giants have a bye coming up this week, which is good news for them. Uh, terrible news for whoever could have played them because uh, that was an easy way to pad the schedule. But the Jets have a matchup down in Washington, D.C. Uh, against Dwayne Haskins, my former Buckeye quarterback. I'm really excited to see him get out there and play four quarters. Brian Costello, give us a quick, uh, just a quick look ahead the Jets-Redskins. What do you see here? Bad. <laughs> uh, I just looked at stats this morning quickly, and I think the Redskins are the 31st rated passing offense, and the Jets are the 32nd rated passing offense. So if you like passing, you know, watch another game on if Sunday. If you like passing, uh, pass on this game. <laughs> yeah, pass on this game. It's it's, it's going to be you know another like. I watched Jets Dolphins last week, Jets Giants yesterday, and now Jets Redskins. It's two bad football teams, and. You know, to me, the key to yesterday's game, to the Giants-Jets game, was who made the biggest mistakes, and the Giants made the biggest mistakes with the fumble by Daniel Jones, and then I thought the DeAndre Baker pass interference at the beginning of the fourth quarter that put the Jets at the one, that was the turning point of the game because then the Jets plunged in from one with Bell, and Le'Veon Bell can, you know, he can score from the one. He can't score from anywhere past that, but he gets from the one, and they take the lead, so you know, Jets Redskins is going to be similar. Who, you know, who makes the big mistakes in this game? Does Dwayne Haskins 
turn it over. He's just a rookie. Uh, does Sam Darnold go back to what we saw a few weeks ago, or can he can he build off of what he did against the Giants? That's going to be the key. And Jimmy, I'll throw one name at you, uh, coach wise. You know, I we the Jets just went through a coaching search last year. And a guy who really uh, excited the Jets fans, and I could see the Giants being interested in, is Matt Rule from Baylor. Uh, yeah, that was a guy. He, he's got Baylor rolling right now. I don't know if Baylor's in the top 10, but they're close. They're undefeated. And that was a guy the Jets went pretty far down the road with last year, but they didn't hire him. Uh, you know, the, he, he wanted to keep his assistance from college. The Jets felt he needed some NFL assistance on his staff, and they disagreed on that. So they never offered him the job, but they, were, they liked him a lot. He, the Giants know him. He was an assistant there in 2012. Uh, so to me, if, if the Giants do move on from Pat Shermer, keep an eye on Matt Rule. Wow, that'd be wild. I mean, we still got some shakeups to come in college football. Alabama took a dive yesterday, Paul Schwartz, <laughs> which I only segue to college because we've got a bye coming up. And to be fair, we've already played like a college team for nine weeks now, ten weeks. Um, Paul Schwartz, what do, what do we have to look forward to in this bye week besides not losing? Well, we're going to see if anyone gets canned, if any uh, player's going to go. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of players in on tryouts, and there's going to be kickers in because, look, lo and behold, the only thing the Giants could do well last year was kick field goals, right, with Aldrich Rosas, and now he can't even make extra points, So, uh, which causes this ridiculous Pat Shermer chasing after points because he misses one on an extra point. So early in the third quarter, he's going for two-point conversions. So, um, you know, look, the bye week, The what we have to look forward to for the Giants, the bye week is they're not playing next weekend. And and the Giants not playing on any weekend this season is a good thing. It, that's, it's a good thing. Everyone needs a break from it. I agree, man. There's not a lot I can say. You know, in horse racing, they always tell you you've got to be a mutter. You've got to be willing to run on a sloppy track if you're going to win. You definitely have to be a mutter to cover this Giants team right now. So Brian Costello is the victor. I will uh, wrap on you before we get to our letters from the fans. Um, you're coming off the win against the Giants. You were nice enough to, uh, to afford us a coaching suggestion, which we can't thank you enough for doing. As a Jet fan, as a Jet, as a Jet host anyway, looking across town at the Giants, do you see any hope for Giant fans, or do you think we're just circling a long drain? Oh no, I think you got a quarterback. You know, I think Daniel Jones looks good. Uh, so to me, that's the most important thing in football is finding a quarterback. And Daniel Jones looks really good so far. He looks much better than all the experts said in April when he when he was drafted. So. You know, I think Daniel Jones is reason to hope for Gi- for Giants fans. Well, you know what I think too, which is which has helped the Giants quite a bit, is he has played pretty well for the most part. He could obviously protect the ball better, but the guy a lot of people wanted the Giants to take, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, the Redskins haven't exactly set the world on fire, and uh, so they haven't had to deal with that. You know, look what we could have had type scenario, which took a lot of pressure off of them. Uh, but I am I'm, I'm impressed with Daniel Jones because he doesn't have the threat of benching to hold over his head, as Jim Fossil was saying on our show last week, yet he has gone out there and made the progress. So I do agree with you that there's hope there at the quarterback position. That being said, Paul Schwartz is probably going to smack my drink out of my hand and tell me I'm nuts. Paul Schwartz, bring it home. Well, the one thing, uh, well, if I smack the drink out of your hand, I'm sure you have a flask in your pocket somewhere else. So <laughs> That's I, I, a it, character be, shot it, it, there. It's not going to really help. You know what I mean? That ship has sailed. <laughs> Who put you um, up to this? My wife? Is this the intervention I've been hearing about? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. This is the the, the uh, New York Post podcast intervention series. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, know, you know what? Uh, Pat Shermer used, used the word heroic to describe the way Daniel Jones plays. And did you notice 
the way Daniel Jones ran and 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 lowered his shoulder to get a first down. I mean, he is he's a tough guy. You know, people think of this. You know, he he he's a aw shucks looking guy from Duke. Uh, looks a little. Um, you know, not like a pretty boy, certainly, but, you know, Duke guys, you know, the little bit privileged and things like that. Didn't win a lot at Duke, but the guy is tough. You know, the guy takes a licking and keeps on ticking. And so, um, you know, I, I am, I'm more impressed with Daniel Jones than I thought I would be. Look, he does not light it up in, in the interviews. He says very little. He says less as a rookie than Eli Manning said as a rookie in 2004. Very guarded, you know, doesn't play the game. Also, you know, hasn't won a lot of games. So there's not a lot of um, stuff you can, you know, have fun with him about. But, uh, you know, he he really battles. And, and in that game against the Jets yesterday, he battled hard. Uh, didn't win and turns the ball over and fumbles, but battled hard. And, yeah, that is a very positive thing. But like I said, now you need to upgrade so much on the team. The quarterback is the most important thing, but it's far from the only thing. And if the Giants only have a quarterback moving forward, there's going to be a lot more losing. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, but I'll tell you who did not lose today, Paul Schwartz and Brian Costello, and that are the football fans of New York. I thought this was a stellar effort by both of you. Let me plug your Twitters, at uh, New York Post underscore Schwartz, if you want a cold dose of reality for my man, Paul Schwartz. And we're at Brian Coz, C-O-Z, on Twitter. For Brian Costello, uh, gents, we don't get to do this again for another four years. This is like a like a it's like a leap year podcast. You know what I mean? So I hope it was as memorable for you guys as it was for me. Um, can we close on one look ahead to this is the wildly irresponsible and overly speculative prediction. Who wins the matchup four years from now? Brian Costello. <laughs> Uh, the Giants. You say the Giants take it home. Uh, is Daniel Jones still the quarterback facing Sam Darnold? Yes, it's a rematch of Darnold Jones, and we re revisit this great game that we saw Sunday four years from now. Okay, I love it. Uh, I've got – I'm with you. I have Coach Phil McConkie leading the Giants past <laughs> Sam Darnold. Uh, what do you got, Paul Schwartz? Who wins this game in four years? What do I got? Do you really <laughs> think you're going to be hosting this podcast in four no, years? No, no, with any luck, with any luck, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Of, of all the prognostications, that's the one you're coming up with? <laughs> um, well um, – um, I see. Um, I'm, I've. Uh, uh, I don't. Brian has not broken down the film of, for four years from now, but I have already started that process. <laughs> and um, um, I, I, um, I, I see the Giants winning uh, twenty-one twenty. Okay. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones will run in uh, the two-point conversion uh, because Algic Rosas missed four extra points, so the Giants <laughs> go for two every time. And all they do is go for two and get safeties, and it adds up. <laughs> well, there it is. That was the big closer. Great job by both of you guys. Really appreciate you coming on today. See you in four years. Before we close out this crossover edition of the Blue Rush Gangs All Here podcast, let's get a take from the fans' perspective with our illustrious producer, Jake Brown. Dear Jets, thanks for beating the Giants Sunday. It made the sting of embarrassing yourselves the week before the Dolphins hurt just a little bit less. But why can't the offense show semblance of life every game? Why can't Jamal Adams walk it like he talks it every week and do it on the football field and not the social media world with the SpongeBob memes? Why can't Sam Darnold keep the ghost away from MetLife all the time? Listen, it's cool and all to win a game, especially for city bragging rights. It will be nice to potentially go on a two-game winning streak if you beat the 1-8 Redskins Sunday. But it also makes it that much more infuriating with the ineptitude this team showed the entire first half of the season. Coming back from a 1-7 start is damn near impossible, 
Sam saying the word playoffs is just ludicrous. Playoffs? A couple of wins against atrocious defenses should not be the saving grace for Adam Gase. Say what you want about giving a coach enough time to have success, but Gase has barely had this team competitive in games, and the offense that he coaches has been mostly lifeless. It's going to take a lot more than a measly win over your MetLife roomies right now to be happy about a damn thing going on with the Jets franchise. Winning the Super Bowl could sadly be the 2019 Jets' greatest accomplishment. And that is truly saying something from the fans. Dear Giants, what a nightmare this is. Losing to the lowly Jets, dropping six straight games, falling to a miserable 2-8, and and barely staying ahead of the last place Redskins, giving up 34 points to the Jets. The Jets! The big blue defense has not come up anywhere near big all season. In fact, they've been a train wreck. There's been no improvement at all. The Giants' defense is boosting opposing offenses' egos, like when you get a DM request on Instagram from a model, only to find out it's a fake bot account, and the message just says, hello, how you do? Defensive coordinator James Betcher needs to be canned. There's no way he sticks around after this season, and he might as well get a head start now and fire him in the bye week. And Saquon, one yard? 13 carries for one freaking yard? The face of the franchise has looked off since coming back from the ankle injury. And my God, the offensive line is giving him absolutely zero holes. What a disaster. Jones has not been the reason the Giants are losing. In fact, he's shown some promising signs. But as the losses compile, the roars of benching Eli Manning too early get louder. Questions for head coach Pat Shermer will keep coming. Shermer won't need to answer them, though, when this season's over. Because his job is as safe as a bucket of fried chicken in my reach. Another season of losing... Another year of misery for the G-Men. From the fans. That's a wrap for this Blue Rush meets Gangs All Here special edition of our New York Post Giants and Jets podcast. Thanks to our producer Jake Brown for always making the podcast magic happen. Hear both Blue Rush and Gangs All Here on Mondays and Thursdays and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hear Brian Costello next on Thursday for Gangs All Here with a very special guest. And myself, Jimmy Fallon, will see you on Thursday for Blue Rush with a special guest of our own. Enjoy the wins, Jet fans. See you next time.